Hello, everyone. My name is Wesley Levesay from the History of the Second World War podcast. Join me on a journey through the most destructive conflict in human history, a journey that will take us not just through the famous campaigns and cataclysmic battles, but also to the lesser well-known corners of the war that touched millions all over the world, as we try and answer not just the questions of what and where, but how and why. You can find History of the Second World War on all major podcast platforms or at historyofthesecondworldwar.com. Friends, today we are epilogging. Yeah, that's totally a verb now. Just roll with it. But first, would you like to win a free HTDS hat? We are giving away five of our trucker-style history that doesn't suck hats. Yeah, free hat, free shipping. If that sounds good to you, we have one small favor to ask. Head to our website, historythatdoesntsuck.com, and take a quick survey on every podcast listener's favorite thing. Ads. All right, sarcasm aside, I'm sure you know that ads are an important way for us to get the funding needed to produce the content you enjoy. And the more effective those ads are, the better. Besides that, we want you to actually enjoy listening to the ads. So help us know what kind of products make sense to tell you about. Once again, you can find the survey on our website or keep your eyes peeled for it on our social media. Thank you so much and good luck winning one of the hats. Welcome to History That Doesn't Suck. I'm your professor, Greg Jackson, and today we are epilogging. So here I am with the crew, Josh, CL. What's up, everybody? Hey, guys. And let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into the corrections, as we like to call it, which apparently is just things that Greg can't pronounce. And I love it. Hopefully, we yeah. stay there. Let's keep living <laughs> there. It's a good place. Which, so, give yourself some credit. You know, there's not that many this time around. No, no. Yeah, it's, it's lessened. I mean... I look forward to the barrage of emails that will come later about things that are in this episode and, and we'll perpetually go back. But that's okay. I, I always want to hear from people. I, if I mispronounce your hometown, please, please let me know. And then upload a video on YouTube so that next time we can get it right. Exactly. In fact, you know what? Do us a solid right now. You live in some obscure place that we might mention later and it's spelled in English. But of course, it has a French pronunciation because you live in Louisiana or, or has a the Spanish. Up, or the other way around. Or, mm-hmm. Yes, or, the, or whatever indigenous language is influencing it and etc. By all means, upload that YouTube video now so that I can look it up later. Appreciate that. But at any rate, we will go ahead and uh, we'll do that. We'll get to some emails and then we'll get into connecting big picture stuff for this last volume right okay so the corrections we it's just one right yeah this time excellent so i am i am truly saddened to acknowledge this one because it has a french pronunciation (laughs) yeah it does yeah the one time that you don't go for it i know right like the singular time i i'm probably too french pronunciation happy if anything Mm -hmm. but it is not mobile, Alabama. It's mobile, Alabama. I wish I could remember. I apologize to the listener by all means. Shoot me an email or tweet. I'll acknowledge you later. But someone from the region reached out to me, reached out to me on Twitter and mentioned that it's not mobile and we're totally going to take a shot at CL's husband for this. Yeah. No, he got it really wrong, guys. Those Texans, it turns out they're not right about everything. <laughs> <laughs> With nothing but love for to the, our Texas yeah, listeners. Uh, I'm just going to throw all Texans under the bus as I throw sure, my husband under the bus. Sure, because it makes it smoother than throwing your husband under the bus. But no. hey, you know what? You know, <laughs> no, it's fine. Throw him under the bus. But that said, joking aside, the buck stops here, right? I'm, I'm at the mic, so if I choose to... Lean upon your husband's Advice. suggested yeah, pronunciation. Yes. That's, That's on, on you. Me. Yeah. It's on me. So Yeah, but thanks for correcting us and we will get it right from here on out. It's yes. mobile. It is. It is indeed mobile. So mobile Alabama. Someone can tell me later that I didn't pronounce Alabama right. So <laughs> moving <laughs> moving along. Yeah, to our fan mail. Yes. Yes. Uh, today we're just gonna acknowledge the Kens. The Kens. The Kens. Yeah. Who were awesome like and we send does. us great stories. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate it. Really good. <laughs> so let's first go with Kenny from Lawrence, Kansas. He simply acknowledged or acknowledged, uh, expressed his appreciation that we got Lawrence on the history that doesn't suck map. 
Yeah. 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 He really liked the Bleeding Kansas episode. And he talked about how he uh, he's really proud of his hometown of Lawrence and really proud of its uh, anti-slavery history. And I got the impression that he seemed to be more or less speaking for, well, kind of the attitude there. Yeah. Right? That there are a lot. That was the sentiment he was kind yeah. of saying. That Yeah. That's the vibe I got. Yeah. So glad to know that Lawrence, Kansas is up on its. Repping. Yeah, it's repping its history. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this one makes the cut. We're definitely not going to go through all all the emails that we've gotten. We're keeping it pretty pretty trim this time around. But this one certainly makes the cut because Ken, God bless you, sir. You made me laugh my head off <laughs> as I sat in a painful layover in uh, in an airport. We'll we'll just leave off which one it is, <clears throat> Chicago. And <laughs> <laughs> so Ken in Minnesota. Yeah, he he's involved in law enforcement. He's a big fan of the podcast. And apparently, when he has to arrest someone, he doesn't turn off the podcast. <laughs> and they just get to listen along with him. That's right. <laughs> On the ride and, down to, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was a long way over. I'd had two flights before, one ahead of me. Maybe I was in such a state of delirium. It, it was funnier than, than it is. But I, I think it's a great story. I love it, it okay, so okay, much. Okay, I'm not nuts here. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'd never really thought about an officer driving his patrol car and in the back is some someone who's just been picked up for who knows yeah, what. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and say something innocuous because I it, the story gets less funny if it's something serious, serious right? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, some kids tagging or whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah, and... Well, now you're going to learn all about Jefferson's presidency or whatever it may exactly. be. Exactly. Right? Andrew Jackson, you guys are going to be experts by the time we get. That's right. <laughs> Ken, I hope you sometimes take the long route to the <laughs> to the station. 30 minutes just circling the block. <laughs> you need this one. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll leave it there, though. Yeah. 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 So thanks, Ken's, for the emails. Yes. We appreciate thanks, them. Really great. Uh, thanks to whoever that was, again, on Twitter. Yeah. Reach out. Let us know. Yep. We'll give you a shout out. Keep letting let me know how many things I'm not pronouncing correctly. It's great. You know, I don't mind if someone wants to send that email saying, hey, Greg, really respect the way that you have, have good diction and <laughs> switch between French and Spanish and all these names that are in, in America's... <laughs> So are you fishing for a compliment of, there, Greg? <laughs> I think I'm being far more blatant than fishing, Seattle. Yeah, but you know say. that's okay. Throwing a net okay. out, and just yeah, it's <laughs> raking in whatever you can. It's right all right. Now. Look, when I grade my students' papers, I do try to remember to write in like, "Hey, that was this was good here." But it's what you do, right? Yeah, it, yeah. the bad. Yeah, yeah, here's everything you need to fix. Hand it back. Mm-hmm. Try to be better than that. It's it's fine. That, that's how it is. Joking aside, um, I mean, look. My mom will send me the complimentary email, so you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> Please do keep letting us know when I mispronounce your hometown or, or whatever. whatever. Or your ancestor or who. Yes, yes, your ancestor's name. Yep, throw back to Chris there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but enough on that. Let's get to the big overview of, uh, of this volume. Yeah. Yeah, so I think a lot of people were thinking, awesome, time to get to the Civil War. And then we spent- And then we didn't. <laughs> eight episodes covering the causes of the Civil War. But guess War. what's coming? Yep. Now we're there. Now we're, we're just, there. you know, months. At, and I think that in part from some of the emails that we were getting from listeners, there was definitely some like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, Getting in the Civil it's War. time mm-hmm. for the Civil War. Yeah, here we go. Fort Sumter. And, oh, La Amistad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Solomon Northup. Oh. Right, right. Oh, Seneca Falls. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess, now I'm getting super hyper, theoretical here. Uh, we didn't have to, per se, tell some of these specific stories, but they're good stories. I think they're important stories. They help give us a better understanding of the social milieu. There we go. Got some French in there. Exactly. I kept it pretty American on the pronunciation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. come on. People will know what you said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But these these stories, they they do build a, a better, larger foundation for understanding the many social issues that are at play in the 1850s, Mm -hmm. just how divisive uh, and, and, or rather, no, divisive is definitely an accurate word, but to a head, the 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 issues of slavery that they're coming to a head. Yes. Right, right, because it, it's been divisive all along. But yes. yeah, yeah, these things start to build as we start to add more states to the nation and add more territories to the nation, and then yeah. Well, and we have more Americans. They're questioning and thinking deeper 
in a way about ideas that are germane to the founding of the United States. And mm-hmm. we talk about all men create equal and yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? So you see it explored at Seneca Falls and you see it explored right. with um, you know, Frederick Douglass and um the abolitionist movement and um yeah, you see these ideas of what does all men created equal mean? Is that white men? Is that white landowning men? Or yeah. could it be broader than that? And but, yeah, and when we say men, are we doing that in that old mankind sort of term mm-hmm. that's definitely falling out of usage in the twenty first century, I think yeah. more and more especially scholars are shifting to men and women. Yeah. Men and women, humanity, right. Terms that you don't have to go back and explain. Hmm. No, no, we really mean everyone, man, but we totally mean everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But these are issues that are being explored and debated and thought through Mm -hmm. in the, you know, early to mid 19th century. I think that's why we did it. I think that's why we had to have this build up up to the civil war because we wanted to paint the picture of all these things coming to a head, the background yes. to add more gravitas to what is about to go down in the civil war and even more vitriolic that the things are going to get as mm-hmm. we hit into the civil war. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have as much hit if you don't understand all that background. Yeah. So. And all that buildup and all the different topics that are being discussed. And even though for instance, women's rights is going to be a much lar- uh, a much longer path. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not going to come to fruition soon. It's still got a few decades, even half a century yeah. before we get to really percolating at the at the national level. We can see these these roots, uh, all, all these ideas, these you know concepts of thinking through these. Well, I'm getting a little circular, but. You get my point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can see all of these people trying to explore what this could look like. And so you've got your outliers like Elizabeth Cady Stanton yeah. who are like, uh, no, women are equal to men. Women should be able to own property and vote. <laughs> and then, but you do, you have a spectrum along all of these different social issues. And like you were saying, Josh, if you don't understand that spectrum of ideas with social issues and political issues, then when it comes time for, when it comes time that those states secede, that you've got Southern states seceding, you won't understand the ideas as much. So that's why we gave our listeners this great background on all of these complex issues and where people stand on them. Well, in some of these that we'll, we'll swing back to later as well, whether you're talking about temperance or we are talking mm-hmm. about women getting the vote, I think that those stories will be I don't want them to feel rushed, you know, more than not feel rushed. I want them to be rushed. So when we do get to the 20th century and, you know, we're talking about prohibition, well, you'll, listeners will be able to reflect back on, right, this has been, we've seen the stepping stones that's been leading the United States in this direction for For decades. For decades. Yeah. 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 And when you see the, which we'll cover a little bit when we get to the Civil War, when you see the women's rights movement growing and you see the respect that women get for the roles that they play in the war, especially in the medical professions, um, then it makes a little more sense. Oh, yeah. But that harkens back to the arguments that were being made at Seneca Falls. This isn't the first time women have demanded this kind of respect and inequality. Um, So, yeah. So then it'll, and we'll just continue to build from there all the way. You're right. Into the 20th and 21st century. So... All that said, I think I think we should kind of go through some of the legislation, though, that's really moving us towards the Civil War. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, let, let's connect some of the bigger dots. So, you know, just in case anyone's kind of gotten lost along the way, you know, we'll take our take ourselves through the legislation. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Let's do it. Okay. I think first of all, we need to remember. Um, the Missouri Compromise of 1820. Yes. Right. And I mean, that was, um, it, as it elicited calls of, um, you know, uh, doe face and whatnot and resulted in a lot of people losing office. Yeah. For being willing to fight for a compromise and vote for mm-hmm. a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was the massive, super strong Band-Aid that, held a fissure that was very much already there mm-hmm. it, you know it's it's in place it's not like it's I mean, not like it was created while it was happening yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that last decade leading up to the civil war the 1850s oof it's the the, the fissure's pretty deep yeah but it has been there mm-hmm. so that compromise uh, just to remind everyone uh we had parallel 36 30 everything that all, all u.s territory below yeah below yeah. it 
would be slave territory. And with, of course, the exception of bringing in Missouri, Missouri uh, as a state, as a slave state. But then everything north of it and the territory we're talking about at this point is the territory that's been uh, acquired through the yeah, semi, I mean, 17 years, semi-recent Louisiana, Louisiana. purchase. Yeah. Right. And, and so this to me is, is a crucial thing to, to see is that the slavery conundrum, which in a way was kind of settled uncomfortably in the Constitution with it being permitted as a constitutional, constitutionally permitted thing. Yes, right. it's written into it. It yeah. was every time more territory was acquired and there had to be more discussion of, well, is this going to be free or slave area? That's what always kicked up you know, the like discussion, yeah, or the debate or mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we saw that with the uh, acquisition of the Louisiana territory, the bandied kind of worked, but then what happens? We go to war with Mexico and we get a bunch of new land uh-huh. where slavery has not been allowed because Mexico had abolished slavery before the war. So then you've got people who say, okay, well, that's easy. Just take that 3630 and, and extend just it, it right, up. right to the ocean. Yep. No problem. And then you've got people who already think, well, this was a land grab for slaveholders. And, you know, that 3630 line really only applied to the Louisiana Purchase. And let's dial it back. No slavery. Well, and you're going to have, we didn't touch on this. And, um, but even uh, climate, um, ecological factors, the Mm -hmm. climate, you're not setting up a cotton plantation in, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. No, you are not. <laughs> that's that's just not. I mean, I'm I'm sorry if I'm breaking the heart of any you know would be cotton farmer out there who had ambitions to move to the Southwest, but you know don't don't get that loan just yet. And by the way, if if you find a bank that's willing to give you a loan for that, don't trust that bank with anything. Yeah, they're nope. going under pretty quick. Nope. Not, <laughs> Not the sharpest tools there. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, there are people who make the argument when they get to California, oh, yeah, I could have the slaves work the mines for me, right? And we brought that up with yep. the gold rush, right? But no, for the most part, the climates um, and the ecology of the territory that is required uh, acquired from Mexico yeah. does not – would not work well for the plantation. Well, and it – it is, I think, somewhat fair to point out that while Mexico had abolished slavery, some of its labor practices uh, could get pretty dicey. But yeah. nonetheless, with it at least being technically, you know, yeah, they did not have a forty-hour work week. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I was going to say, and there's a lot of uh, mistreatments starting with indigenous people yes. as well. well so, and, and we touched on that. We did. Yeah. We kind of talked on that. But but that's yeah, that's, but that's what kind of what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's uh yeah, I think I think it's worth at least, you know, pointing out. But yeah, it just how how do you go into these territories where under Mexico it it there's no slavery. Mm-hmm. And now you're gonna say, well but now there will be. Right. It's well, and you know, all of the settlers who are already in California by the time that land is acquired didn't bring slaves with them. And yeah, yeah, it's um, it's tricky. It's tricky. Hence, you get the Compromise of 1850. Yes. Which tries to deal with all of this mess. <laughs> it, tries <to> <laughs> <laughs> it tries to. It tries really hard. <laughs> it really does. Yep. Henry Clay gives up his career over it, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he yeah. really does. So it's. Months and months and months of anguish to get that compromise through. And in the end, I don't I don't think the compromise of 1850 is as effective as the compromise of 1820. No. Well, I mean, it's basically just downhill, you know, perpetually. From there. From the Missouri Compromise, you know, getting to the uh, compromise of, of 1850, which... Way less sexy name, by the way. Oh, I don't right. Know, like, let's just throw the year on it. This is when <laughs> we compromised, guys. It was 1850. We made a compromise. Done. Yep. And so California does come in as a free state. Mm-hmm. And in a way, we kind of start touching on some of the things that we're going to see four years later. There's there's a little bit of this. Well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna let Utah Territory and New Mexico and, Territory. Yeah, just yeah, they can make up their own mind. Yeah, we'll let the people decide. That's right. And it sounds like a great idea. But yeah, so yeah, so this this amazing compromise makes it a whopping four years mm-hmm. before we get to 
Kansas, Nebraska. That act, Kansas, Nebraska. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that we're blaming Kansas and Nebraska for no, no. Way to go, Kansas, <laughs> yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. Oh. You just started. You know? I, I just think I, I'm caught up still, maybe on the compromise that, like, oh, go ahead. That we, hmm, I'm trying to not make a a, a statement, present day statement, oh, per okay. se, on politics. But <laughs> isn't it interesting that people are spending months and months and months over a compromise? Yeah. Right. Not yes. not necessarily, in part, also fighting months and months to. Not necessarily just prove my side and 100% this is my side, but it's months and months. And it's partly that too. Don't get me wrong. But it's months and months of compromise as well. Yeah. And of, I, of figuring out figuring what, the, out, what the, each side needs and trying to bring it to the table. Yeah. And it, like Greg said, it only lasts four years. Yep. But that effort is there. Mm-hmm. Well, we see it in a number of people. I mean, you know, Henry Clay basically yeah. dies over, well, not physically dies, but you know, career. Yeah, his career dies over it. Right. But then you have other people that, and I, I do feel like the, you know, the, the Civil War, uh, it's really propelled by people who don't, um, well, who are just really looking to push their agenda. I mean, yeah. So I, I think of the, justice the supreme court justice tawny yeah i am wow talk about just pushing Pushing. us right to the brink when he just tries to you know essentially railroad slavery through the country Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and just says you know i know we've tried this compromise i know we've tried this popular sovereignty idea i don't like it and here's my agenda and i'm gonna find a legal way to push it through yeah in the worst Supreme Court decision ever. Yep. I, I wow. mean, really. I'm not saying wow as in like, I disagree with you. It's wow just like, that's a that's a huge statement. It's a big statement, but there are uh, a fair I amount of legal a, minds. That's a fair, yeah, it, it is a fair statement. I mean, and talk about it. <laughs> that's a legacy you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what you I know. passed when I went. Yep. <laughs> when I was seated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there. don't get me wrong. There are some other terrible Supreme Court decisions out oh, there. Oh, yeah. There's but, some close seconds and thirds. Yeah. But to hold the top seat, that's that's something to yeah, so, hang your head over and yeah. be ashamed. <laughs> so instead of being remembered as the Supreme Court justice that swears in Lincoln as president, he's remembered as the Supreme yeah. Court justice who writes Dred Scott versus Sanford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind so, of a bummer of a way to go out. So CL, Josh, and I want to chat it up a bit about our experience with The Great Courses Plus. Yep. Look, I've already told you guys before, the app, it's the way to go. If you have a long commute like I do, which is 35 minutes, dreadful 35 minutes every day, it's the best way to do it. I just listen through the app. It's the way to go. Uh, CL, aren't you listening to something super interesting oh right my now, gosh. by the way? Yeah, I just picked up a new. So I've been listening to several different courses, but I just started this new one. Yeah, you um, crank through those. I really do. Yeah, it's the best way to yeah, get through long errand running, kid dropping off, which is half of my life. Um, so I just previewed this new course that's about to drop. It's called The Real History of Secret Societies, and it's been created in partnership with the History Network. The teacher, Dr. Richard Spence, does a great job of sorting reality from myths and conspiracies and takes a deep dive into the brotherhoods and orders and cults, you know, the ones we all know, like the Illuminati, the Knights Templar, even Japan's Black Dragons. It's a fascinating topic. I can't wait to delve into it with Dr. Spence. And I'll just remind everyone that this is only one example of many various courses you can listen to. I'm up in my chess game and have other courses queued up. One's on probability, another's on game theory, and still another is a course called Inventions That Changed the World. You really can stream a course on just about anything taught by the best minds at the best institutions in any given field. So I'll encourage you to take a page out of our book and give The Great Courses Plus a go. You can get a month of completely free, unlimited access by signing up at the following website, thegreatcoursesplus.com forward slash HTDS just the initials of the show. Make sure you use the HTDS URL so that you receive your free month of The Great Courses Plus. And you'll also be showing some love for history that doesn't suck. So again, that URL is thegreatcoursesplus.com 
forward slash HTDS. And now back to the epilogue. So yeah, we've got that Dred Scott decision. And we've got the Kansas Nebraska Act where Stephen Douglas is saying, yeah, we'll throw it to the people, mm-hmm. which kind of in a way is opening it up to being anywhere, especially with the way that that interprets fugitives. Um, uh, well, the way that slaves should be treated if, if they're taken by an owner from a slave state into free territory. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly per this case, they can't sue. They, they won't actually have their freedom, even though that reverses. Decades of precedent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in a way, you know, many uh, Northerners an- anti-slavery uh, supporters, especially abolitionists, they're looking at this going, I mean, you basically just legalize slavery everywhere. Yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, you can see where that is very much going to propel the country to you know, to, to do to some crazy war. stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're already seeing, I think, you know, we, we got to remember, we're also already seeing violence in Congress. Yes. You know, so it, it's not like, you know, it, as we are about to start the actual civil war, it's not like this is some out of the blue shots are finally being fired. I mean, Kansas, you know, to John Brown, well, okay, basically anywhere John Brown goes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Let's just follow John yeah. Brown around, so, see the violence yeah. that crops up after him. <laughs> right. Um, so I'd just like to be remembered as the guy that just no matter where you go, incites violence. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not his whole life, but yeah. no. No, and you know, and, well, let's circle back to that, but talk about a complicated figure, you know, yes. with, with a, such a laudable and such a, difficult though at the same time history yeah and his legacies it's interesting because for anybody who is looking at the abolition yeah, what cause, the hell? let's go there now let's just do yeah. this <laughs> so um anybody who's looking at the abolitionists or looking to be against slavery the problem is is his methods yeah are so violent and deadly i mean you you have a hard time getting behind that and supporting that even if you think his cause is just yeah it's hard to say someone who murders people in cold blood in the middle of the night in front of their families as a hero. 100%. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, when you put it that way. <laughs> Way to lay it out there on the table. Seattle. And and yet, I mean, he's, he's seen what, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I see where you're, I see where you're going. Yeah. He's seen the horrible, ethics of slavery well that yeah. that you know you've got so many generations i mean g- going back to the constitution itself right americans have been trying to navigate kind of flesh the, out well yeah this this frankly god-awful practice of slavery that's so contradictory to the declaration of independence mm-hmm. as as abraham lincoln pointed out as stephen douglas tried to argue it was not yeah. um you know, they've been trying to have a non-violent means of ending this thing since the beginning. Since the beginning. I mean, that's what the international slave trade ban was yeah, in it, 1808. And everyone, you know, pat themselves. And I don't mean this. Farther in, back it, than that, three-fifth compromise. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Well, right. And all this, these thoughts of like, okay, you know, I mean, the economy's changing in the mid-Atlantic or, you know, farmland's getting worn out. Slavery's right. going to die on its own. Oh, okay, it didn't die. Uh, we'll, we'll do an international slave ban and... Okay, oh, crap, that didn't do it. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Missouri Compromise, and maybe this will dial back. So you can see all these efforts to peacefully end this, you know, erroneous practice, this, this, you know, sin. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, by the time we get to John Brown, you know, especially as Senator, uh, saying that guy's name right without, without the script in front of me, Atchison. Yeah, Atchison. That, yeah, Davy Atchison from Missouri. Yeah. Um, you know, here's this guy who's man, his comment, I'm gonna Mormonize the abolitionists, oh right? Like he's violently imposing slavery on Kansas. And John sees, okay, well, fire with fire. Yeah. You're gonna violently impose slavery on developing states. We're gonna violently, <laughs> violently fight, fight back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you know, in Congress, here you've got Preston Brooks literally almost beating to death uh, you know, Senator Sumner. From Massachusetts, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, you know I I think it uh, I don't know I'm I'm not one who likes violence or war. I just it as I sit back and try and think you know what are ways that slavery could have ended that the United States could have moved forward without going to that place. I can't I can't think of one like you have to put which it. I hate to say. Yeah, you know, I, I, I hate 
to acknowledge, but it just seems like it. It was on that track from not maybe not the beginning, but, but, well, but so maybe. many other things were, were tried and they didn't work. Yeah. So, so many compromises. And like we just detailed out, like all that legislation that was tried to, okay, well, maybe if we contain it, okay, well, maybe if we, you know, but. Well, that's the yeah. thing. We're about to come to serious, serious mass violence. Yeah. Right. Well, and this is what, what so many generations of Americans were trying to avoid, right? Yeah. And, a war of this magnitude uh, that is going to just obliterate the United States in so many ways. Right. Um, you know, and, and to this day in many ways has still left scar tissue in mm-hmm. our national fabric. Oh, definitely. Right. And that was the, the goal is to avoid that. And I'm sure, you know, some had to be in the North and looking at how, Again, something that's important for us to remember, the North practiced slavery too, but slavery was able to come to a close peacefully up there. Um, Of course, it's because it wasn't economically viable. It's not that Northerners are magically more moral moral than Southerners. Yeah, or less racist or anything like that. Yeah, no. no, And and as we've seen, right, with the settling of Oregon to to Illinois, all of of these awful (laughs) laws or in the Illinois state constitution – Right. Yeah, sure. Is uh, slavery being practiced there? Well, no, but uh, black settlers are literally banned from the state. Right. You know, so uh, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's basically what we covered for an entire volume was the mess <laughs> yes. that everyone was trying to avoid with bloodshed with. John Brown just went, you know, I'm just not going to avoid bloodshed anymore. I'm yeah. just going to go straight for it. But, you know, and the the thing that, you know, it sat with me almost at, like a like a ghost for days after recording and it still, you know, hits me uh, from time to time is that note he wrote and handed to the guard on his way out to the execution. Mm-hmm. You know, that he, this is a guy who, yes, was willing to resort to violence, but it's not like he was some sort of sociopath who who saw it. Yeah, who wanted it. He was just someone who, just someone <laughs> who takes a broadsword to farmers. Uh, you know, was someone who who saw that this is the point that basically anti-slavery movement abolitionism, to be more precise. Was was I guess going to have to go to? I mean, if, when even Frederick Douglass is like, okay, I got to acknowledge that, like, like you're going a little far there. Oh no, no, no. Well, he initially he's not down with it, but he uh, eventually comes around, kind of says, yeah, it's we're getting to that point. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to draw blood. Yeah, no, I guess that's true. And, you know, so I, when yeah, when when even Frederick's going there, that's where you know you kind of have to pause and go, sheesh. Yeah. Well, and when you've got Southerners who are going there as well, because remember that we um, talked about John C. Calhoun, the senator from South Carolina, yep. and he predicts on his deathbed yeah. that it will come to war. It will come to war within three presidential elections, he says, and it will be because um, someone who is anti-slavery comes to office. And that's what he predicts, and that's what he sees, and that yeah. is exactly it's what happens. What happens. Yeah. Nails it. Yeah. Lincoln's elected, boom. Lincoln is elected, South Carolina secedes a month later. Yep. We're out. And then it's basically just dominoes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got those seven yeah. states that we talked about in the last episode of this volume. You've got those seven states that follow, follow and it's all the lower ones. So um, it's Texas all the way across the Gulf Coast, all the way to Florida, and then South Carolina is your last one. Yep. Um, well, it's your first one. First one. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 Well, and but then, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So there you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's bring scriptural references into it. But yeah, no, John C. Calhoun gets it right away. So you've got Northerners who see it's just going to have to come to bloodshed. And you've got Southerners who are already predicting that there's just not going to be a peaceful way to resolve this conflict. Um, yeah. And... And yeah. we're going to hit the Civil War. There we are. And and there we are with a few trapped soldiers at Fort Sumter getting fired on. It's crazy. Jeez. It's boom. I feel <laughs> like you have to insert like a song right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's going down for real. <laughs> <laughs> Want to make it into a music video, Josh? <laughs> because it's, yeah, it, I mean, I'm not making light of it because it's, it's very serious. I still think it holds... Totally correct me if I'm wrong. Civil War holds the stat. Don't worry, we will. For the <laughs> highest American death count because they're all American. Um, mm-hmm. To date, actually, I think is, I could be wrong on this stat, 
but I'm pretty sure the Civil War holds the highest death For count. the most Americans killed in a single war, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're right about that, Greg. Do you, do you know that off the top <laughs> of your head? Why are you put me on the spot with numbers <laughs> like that? Someone can correct I me and I'll look it up, but I'm almost positive. I believe I shouldn't, And I'm pointing correct. out it's death, not um, casualty, casualty. Not injury. Because people get that messed up with World War II as well. Yeah. People will say like, oh, 75 million casualties. So yeah, we're about to hit uh, some heavy stuff. Yeah, we definitely are. And it's um, just watching the the South secede and watching the different reactions in the North. Like, well, some people are like, let him go. Just We don't need to fight about it. Just let him go. It's going to be fine. And other people are like, no, you can't leave. And the different arguments against it, I think, are really interesting. Those different. Oh, and yeah. again, coming back to people are complex. Nobody fits in a box, mm-hmm. right? There's a ton of different reactions to watching the South leave. Um, as to whether or not it's okay. And, you know, like we said, there's those lower seven and then you've got upper South states that sit there. Oh, what should we do? And yeah. 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 Talk about an interesting, uh, almost man in the high castle scenario. If you were to think back, like what would have happened if we would have let him go? Yeah. Right. right. It, you know, like right. what would we look like now mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. not look like? Now? Or, yeah. I, I, that I just, is an I, interesting thing to well, think see, about. I, I just don't think it could have happened because I mean, you would have had to have worked out some sort of treaty on what happens with U.S. territory. Mm-hmm. Because what happens they would with federal property? Equal claim. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I just think you would have had conflict all the way across. You basically would have just had, you know, the United States of America, the Confederate States of America, and then and there would have been probably just constant warfare. I, I really, yeah, it, war. The Between. moment that this, you know, that the Confederate states are getting set up, war's coming. There's. There is no way around that. Yeah. yeah it, you know, it's interesting. So this doesn't end up in the script and anyway, but there are Southerners who honestly think, don't worry, it's a peaceful revolution, guys. We're just going to walk <laughs> away. They genuinely think that. It's not coming to bloodshed. Now, don't get me wrong. Most Southerners yeah. don't think that. <laughs> right. They, Jefferson Davis is like, no, I'm I'm willing to throw well, down. Yeah, I'm really, it's yeah, going to be yeah. fine. Um. But there are some who are gen- genuinely think this is going to be a peaceful revolution. They will just leave. And, you know, looking back at 1776, I don't know why they, you know, wouldn't think that, right? Because that was a very peaceful just leaving England. They just <laughs> yeah, let us right. go. That was Super so easy. chill. Yeah. yeah and just there was kinda... an ocean between us at that <laughs> stage of the uh, game. Yeah, that's This true. is, you know, we're talking like <laughs> just, you know, the next state well, up. And talk <laughs> about a work. different status colonies of a you know just a small colonies of a world empire (laughs) versus uh you know integral pieces of yeah half a country and you know yeah integral part of the economy but i mean no problem and i'm not trying to uh, how do i say this yeah i'm trying to figure (laughs) out how to say you're all sorts of pauses tonight what you got (laughs) yeah i mean this is a huge part of their economy and i know we're going to get into this right Mm -hmm. but like you're basically asking us to completely uproot what makes these states well, and, thrive, and, and yeah. that's that's where these states are ready and willing to go to, to, war. to go to war, right? Yeah. I mean, and and it's where you know, I mean, I'm just we're, we're, get, we're getting a lot better in the historical profession and in the American you know uh, dialogue um, at acknowledging slavery's uh, kind of being the centerpiece, uh, yeah, of, uh, of the war. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, th- this is where it, it does, uh, get framed or, you know, couched in, in other terms. I guess I'm just trying to point out that it's not completely a moral, uh, point for them, right? Slavery, good or bad. Like there's way more complex factors that are going on. Yeah. They, the- they see the dollar signs. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there are people who... Um, argue, you know, using Christianity to back them up. Slavery is right, and we are 100% justified. Yeah, stop telling us it's wrong. It's in the Bible. Yeah, it's in, and there are, you know, dozens of quotes from preachers mm-hmm. and from politicians who say slavery is right and stop telling us it's wrong. We yeah. are sick and tired of hearing those abolitionist moral arguments. That's ridiculous. But yes, at the end of the day, the people who secede in South Carolina are the top tier of the economy. Mm-hmm. 90% of the secessionists who signed the secession order in um, South Carolina own slaves. 90% of the people who do that. And it's because they see the dollar signs, like you said, They're right? Attached. Yep. Yeah, yep. they are attached and they are not willing to let that go. And they are 
willing to not send themselves. They're a bunch of old dudes. Um, but, <laughs> you know, their kids and grandkids to war yeah. for that for that piece of the economic pie. Yep. Well, and, you know, we, we will, as we've done with U.S. history right up to this point, we're going to continue to give all the nuance and complexity. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not going to shy away from acknowledging what I think everyone's probably seen in the last few episodes. Slavery is the centerpiece of this war. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we will, um, as as we don't shy away from straight up facts, we're, we're going to give the nuance. And that includes uh, what various groups think, you know, or, and view themselves as fighting for. Right. You know, and that just as, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't um, boil this down to the, you know, righteous armies of the north fighting the evil armies of the south because even these northern soldiers they're fighting fighting conflicted wars too well yeah inside themselves with mm -hmm. well and and they're not family members on both sides yes yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that happens uh and it's not like union troops are all marching off because they feel so strongly that they need to end slavery you know and like i wish I, i i'd love it if that were the case but it wasn't no. So, you know, we're, we're going to get into all of these you, you reasons. You said it and, perfect. Like, well, that's, thank you. that's, that's what it, I was trying to well, say. You're welcome, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, because that's, that's what we're about, right? We, we want to tell the full story. We want to tell everyone's story. Um, exactly. And sometimes it's ugly and sometimes it's something to be proud of. Now, before we go on, I want to tell you about the continuing education programs at University of California, Irvine, or UCI. Since 1962, this top 50 school has been providing learning pathways for those looking to step up their career or just learn more. And you can take advantage of UCI's Division of Continuing Education programs from anywhere. In fact, they have over 30,000 people enrolled from all over the world right now. So whether you're listening to us in the U.S. or on the other side of the world, like those of you in Britain, what up? You can enroll in any courses, certificates, or specialized studies programs that interest you or could further your career. And when I say any course, I do mean just about any. They have over 60 convenient certificates and specialized programs specifically designed for working professionals. So no need to call it quits on the day job while you hone your craft. I also love that they have a number of courses that are 100% online. Through UCI's Division of Continuing Education, you can enjoy the convenience and flexibility of real immersive online classrooms that will offer you a collaborative learning experience with your fellow students. Fall classes will be here before you know it, and registration is already open. Visit ce.uci.edu slash history doesn't suck and enter HTDS for 15% off one course. That's ce.uci.edu uci.edu slash history doesn't suck. And again, enter HTDS when prompted to get 15% off one course. This offer is only valid until December 31st, 2019 at 11.59 p.m. And now, back to the epilogue. And, you know, on that, something to be proud of. I think that this might even be a good note to end on. Um, I'd mentioned this earlier. Uh, before we got rolling and uh, I I, I want to <clears throat> uh, I do just want to point out that you know we're we're clearly dealing with some of the the most uncomfortable parts of American history yes which hey that's it's it's not fun it needs to be done um, yeah. yeah people need the information we need to discuss it but you know it's also is heartening the word I want as we've been going through these episodes, you know, from the Seneca Falls Convention mm-hmm. uh, to John Brown, right mm-hmm. before they move in on Harper's Ferry, um, see how I'm spacing one other. What was it? Um, um, oh, well, no, oh, you're not, no, 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 you're okay. not spacing, but, spacing one other. But um, our foundational documents, you know, Declaration of Independence, Constitution, mm-hmm. that I feel like in, in many ways, and you know, here I'll, I'll be the, the, the sappy patriot that I can be at times, uh, even through acknowledging some very painful things. Uh, I, I, I feel like that that's what it really means to actually care about and love your country. It's not just saying, look how amazing we are. It's recognizing to, all your black yeah, eyes. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Being able to face down your demons. Um, but seeing these people who are willing to push America to, to a better place, 
looking back to those documents and being able to see the germ of of, of greater things right. than, you know, that generation, that generation was able to write to, you know, write words that spoke to a level that they themselves could not achieve. Right. Yeah. So when they say, oh, you know, all men are created equal. And then yeah. Elizabeth Cady Stanton says, yes, all men and women. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Come on, that's goosebumps, isn't it? it yeah. Is. For sure. yeah. It's amazing. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I, in some ways I, I kind of look back on the founders and I see like the very, um, you know, out of shape, not taking good care of themselves person who's kind of looked in the mirror and said, it's time to diet and exercise. And uh, in this personification of America, I feel like that's what we see by and large through U.S. history. I mean, and sometimes America falls off the diet, you know, mm-hmm. stops mm-hmm. working out, puts back on a, 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 a couple pounds, a couple mm-hmm. pounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, but by and large kind of struggles forward. And, you know, we, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's, um, I guess that's that's just the way I see it, and it's the way I like to to think through it. Is that um, we've come a long way. Yeah, we continue to be able to see in those founding documents, you know, the that I ideal that we strive for, even even today. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're still striving for, it and yeah, you know, trying to be a more perfect union that even they saw. Right? They didn't say that they were forming a perfect, a perfect union, but exactly. a more perfect union. Right, right, and it's really cool to acknowledge the. Um, the contributions of the men and women of these pretty difficult years before yeah. the Civil War in really working toward perfecting, yes. getting closer to those ideals. Building yeah. on that foundation. Maybe in some ways that even the people who who built the foundation wouldn't have, you know, seen or appreciated. Yeah. Some of them did. So, yeah. Some of them did. You know, I can think back on a number of those, uh, of, of our founders who, you know, um, who did hate slavery or, you know, want to see a more inclusive environment and at any rate they're beautiful words they're beautiful ideals and uh it's as painful as it is to see them not lived up to at least there's there's um the beauty of seeing others from you know even if it's complicated with john brown i don't Mm -hmm. know how much i can condone you know, the, yeah, the approach. Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, to uh, uh, Elizabeth K. Stanton, Frederick Douglass, and so on, uh, as they make those words shift just a little bit Closer. further, yeah, towards, towards reality. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we end, we want to add a new segment, shall we say, right, to the epilogue yeah. as we're thinking and evolving, trying to figure out uh, what we're doing. Fourth time around, we're starting to get the hang of this. Let's let's just go through very briefly the hardest things about this volume for each of us. Yeah. Because, yeah, we each have a different perspective on what was the hardest thing we do during this volume for us. Absolutely. Josh? Do you want me to start? you want to start this bad boy off? Yeah. Man, the hardest thing for me, this volume, um, constantly editing out Greg <laughs> mispronouncing Potomac. <laughs> <laughs> I have some words for you. You ready to use that bleep of yours? <laughs> you son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, it was kind of funny to hear that over and over and over and over. And um, no, I. there were some, in all seriousness, there were some really tricky sound effects, this volume. Yeah, every time um, yeah. Josh looks at a script and he sees all the sound effects that Greg yeah, and I have come up with. <laughs> <laughs> what you say when you look at the script. Yeah, when I see the script and I see, so so everybody kind of knows background, the script, we highlight certain sections and anything that's a sound effect is highlighted in orange. So if I'm going through a script when we're recording and I see just... <laughs> Nothing a, but orange. <laughs> a, a not even, you know, a disregard <laughs> for just, just straight orange everywhere. Uh, I know it's going to be rough editing for the and next just little bit. And, and that like, I probably wrote that one, section. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I can see <laughs> right. the sparts yells like orange, you know. Three paragraphs later, orange. orange. <laughs> you know, Greg is like, okay, we got orange, 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 and new paragraph. Orange, orange. <laughs> Though I have to say, CL's stepping it up. I am. Yeah, I was proud yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah. Tr- Which I'm, episode was that? I don't even remember. 
Yeah, I'm, but oh, I am. Oh, were you were you were flippant with your orange? Uh, yeah, sound and I effects? just kept inventing new things that Josh could certainly find a sound effect for. Right? <laughs> right. I yeah. think the last one I was think, find Dixie and let's have that play. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah, that was good. And I think yeah. I made a comment like, "Man, Greg, like you you got a lot of sound effects in this in this section here," and you're like, "Yeah, I CL wrote that." I was like. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not used to that. Hey, but I, I love that we're so merged at this point. That, I know that Josh can't, Josh even, can't tell even tell when we're trying to torture him. That's right. <laughs> we're trying to, no, I mean because it's a team effort now, Josh. Yeah, uh, clearly. Yeah. Hey, I, I actually though, I'll, I'll, let me say compliments to you, sir. The last, I think it was the last episode, forty-four. Abraham yeah. Lincoln becomes president mm-hmm. of uh, what do we call it? The the divided, the divided yes. states. Oh, so good. Dude, that opening was riddled with sound. Oh, this was one. I think I don't remember if it was me or it was UC. No, no, that was definitely me. That's right. Uh, find a sound effect for aiming a cannon. Yes. Right? <laughs> You're like aiming cannon. I was like, what? I'm sorry, but you did it. Mm-hmm. Way to be. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. I say it as a difficult thing because it is right. That's probably one of the most difficult parts of editing the show, but it's also my pleasure. You know, I we know, I, en- I enjoy it, so. and, and we thank you. I hope everyone else enjoys it too. So. I think they do. Yeah, yeah. All right, my so, turn. Go okay, for it. so the most difficult thing for me, and of course, I sit in a library and read books and write scripts and condense really boring books into something. I hope that's entertaining. I hope our listeners find it entertaining. Um, but this past episode or this past volume, when we did Solomon Northup, mm-hmm. there's a scene in his book where he describes a fellow slave being sold away from her child. Mm. Um, and we, as the readers know, and Solomon knows because he had because he's writing from remembrance and he knows what's happened to this girl. He, we know that she is eventually going to be sold as a fancy girl. And I thought I'd left fancy girls behind with episode 20 that we wouldn't be touching. Or, yeah. 19, 20. Uh, anyway. Around 20. Yeah. Ballpark it. That yeah. we wouldn't... Um, be discussing that anymore right but no we were and so i sat at my computer desk and in my office we have a u-shape of desks and so my son is sitting behind me on the computer on his computer and i'm sitting at my computer sobbing reading this girl's story of being sold away from her mother knowing what her fate will be um and my son turns around and is like mom are you okay are you okay (laughs) he's 13 so he was a little like What's happening right now? I told him to leave me alone and bring me some Kleenex. Because, um, <laughs> you know, I'm a good mom. Yeah, no, that was definitely the hardest thing to read and the hardest thing to write. For sure. For sure of anything in this. And then I had to go back through and edit it several times to make it clear what was happening and, you know, get the story across. And it was difficult every time I went through it. So, yeah, that was the hardest thing for me. And I really, really, really don't want to read about fancy girls or write about them anymore. Although I, I have a feeling I'll, I'll never really get away from them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even, even as that chapter comes to a close, there's, there's, pl- there's some other, there's plenty things. of other women yeah. being exploited. Yeah, yeah. That we will, that yeah. we'll be covering. We'll, we'll get to. Yep. All right. What about you, Greg? So on that note, <laughs> on that, on that note. So for me and um, maybe even some of you listening, put this together about me. Josh CL, you definitely know this. I am in a constant state of semi-panic attack over many of of the scripts that we've written, that we've done, because I don't only obsess about getting my facts straight. That is yeah. absolutely crucial to me. And I mean it kills me to acknowledge as a human being, right? Something's gonna slip here and there. I see it in peer-reviewed books yeah. <laughs> yeah. for crying out loud. All the time. Yeah, constantly. We've caught them writing episodes. Mm-hmm. So when we get to more sensitive topics, though, I mean, the, the two of you know, I've sent you drafts of, uh, of a script multiple times. Not that the facts change, and I, I will never shy away from just acknowledging what facts are. I think both of you know one of my absolute favorite quotes, mm-hmm. John Adams, Facts are stubborn things, mm-hmm. and whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our pa- of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. But, and mm, look, I'm I'm not looking to dump on my own profession here. <laughs> Preface: something that I think historians can sometimes not be as good at is 
recognizing that tone does matter, that mm-hmm. I never want to talk down to somebody, that it is not easy to, to entertain the idea that perhaps good, well-intentioned people might have led you astray on understanding some facet of American history or something about, you know, your uh, whatever subgroups history right. and so forth. So you you both know that I have felt tortured as we've handled other things in the past. I feel great about how we've gotten through them. I I'm glad to see that pretty much reflected. I think in in, in emails and comments mm-hmm. from from listeners that they they can see the the great efforts gone to to represent multiple views and so on. But I recognize through this volume and into the next volume mm-hmm. that uh, I really don't have a dog in this fight. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, a, not what, that fight being the Civil War and, and its remembrance. I think growing up in the Western United States, well, you both did too, we're a little less attached to it than yeah. our Eastern, not just Southern, but even up into the North. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, brothers and sisters, if you will. Yeah, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. We don't have monuments here and yeah, we there don't drive past battle sites or yeah. No, uh, I mean, if I try to remember the number of times I even saw a Confederate flag growing up, I don't know if I have a memory of it. I mean, I'm sure there was one somewhere. You yeah, know, maybe I didn't know it, but all I'm trying to say is, I, I definitely don't have a dog in the fight, which hopefully helps in terms of being, you know, not biased. Uh, being very objective, but I'm very cognizant that this is a a war that left wounds in the United States that have not yet healed. And if there's one thing that I I think we could do a bit better in the present as as historians is rather than, and I'm not saying all historians do this, but sometimes we we, we strike a visceral tone in wanting to really get across those Pro- those facts prove a point right yeah and and i'm again i'm all about the facts and we're going to be so upfront and clear with that i just i hope that i am you know as as i fuss and and writhe over these words uh not that i am comparing myself to <laughs> to this man in terms of of, of greatness accomplished and whatnot but kind of like CL, as we discussed, Lincoln's mm-hmm. debating how to deliver that inaugural you know, yeah, address, that inaugural dress, exactly. right? I mean, the, the language matters. And so all I guess I'm trying to say in this far too long monologue now is that I, I want to do uh, first and foremost justice to truth and facts because that's always, you know, the priority. That's always the priority. And yeah. I, I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I, I hate doing that. But that will come as it always has, top tier. But I do hope that as we go through this, everyone's going to see uh, that as we've gone through, let me let me say, this last volume. Mm-hmm. And as we go into this next volume, I hope that I succeed, that we succeed at delivering that same, even as we acknowledge absolutely upfront what, what the facts are, that we succeed at showing the different sides and facets and views across you know geographical bounds north south across uh, social levels and that mm-hmm. they're not even that those are, aren't even the the only boundaries right it's not like there's a northern perspective and a southern perspective northerners have different views different southerners have different views yeah so <sighs> yeah, that's the thing I, I lost sleep over in this volume and I know I'm just gonna lose more sleep over it in this next volume for sure no. <laughs> question yeah you know what i'm gonna give um a shout out to once again uh, our, our buddy steven in, in pennsylvania he recommended a great book uh, or at least i think it's a great book i yeah. honestly I'm, I'm i'm gonna start reading it here this this next week uh, it's um C- confederates in the attic right yeah we've both picked up copies so. yep yeah uh which i hope will will help will help me you know yeah. have just have more perspectives yeah because yeah. that's what i understand the book side. does a, does a great job yeah understand on, on every doing. side so so that's it for me. Uh, you know, I'll just be sweating that as we go to the next volume <laughs> yeah. too. Sweating that as we hit the Civil War. Yeah, because here we go. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and call it a day. And thanks as always for listening, everyone. Really, it's it's a blast seeing how many of you are listening at this point. Mm-hmm. We are into the five digits on subscribers. So thank you, really, from the bottom of our hearts. 
And of course, a special thanks to our patrons. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and close like you always close. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the usual here. So History That Doesn't Suck is supported by fans at patreon.com forward slash history that doesn't suck. Josh CL and I are beyond grateful to you kind souls providing funding to help us keep going. Thank you. And a special thanks to our patrons whose monthly gift puts them at producer status. Will Caldwell, Jason Carstens, Dex Jones, and Sheila Palotnik. And with that, join me in two weeks where I'd like to tell you a story. Mm-hmm.